up, everybody? It's your Draft Queens, Kate and Michelle. And welcome to a fresh new episode of Drafts on Drafts, where Kate and I choose a random sports topic that we feel like talking about, and we do that over a beer. Mm-hmm. And today's topic is one that is near and dear to both of our hearts. Yes. We love... We love a little bit of golf, and, you know, we've both been getting into it heavy in probably the last couple of months or year or so, and so today, we should just go ahead and crack those beers because we are talking about Golf 101, and I, for one, Michelle, am very excited. Oh, I'm super excited. I think you started the golf train, and I am now finally getting on it. So without further ado, please tell everybody what you're drinking today so that we can get into all things golf. Yes, Okay, so today I am drinking a Five Burrows Brewing Company West Coast IPA. And yes, that is the name of the beer. It's just called the West Coast IPA. So very, very straightforward naming. Yeah. I am joining you with an IPA today as well from Woodstock Brewery called Adventure. So we're both on the IPA uh, train today. Okay. Now. I love that. Now. Today's topic, as Kate mentioned, is going to be Golf 101. I'm going to call this part one because I think there's going to be much more golf for Kate and I to cover over mm-hmm. the next few months. But as Kate mentioned, she's usually, you've really been the one that's like been talking golf mm-hmm. a lot lately, especially on the show. You're, you're usually the super knowledgeable one around, around like who's playing, what's going on. You've started to dabble in playing, you know, on your own. And mm-hmm. somehow you finally rubbed off on me because... I went golfing last weekend. I had a blast. I have new clubs on the way. My first set. Oh my gosh. This is very, very exciting. I know. And I just have to share this because I know that you'll appreciate it. I literally bought a golf towel. I bought a golf towel. Here's as much as I'm loving golf and learning about golf. I'm also loving that I get to buy all this fun new stuff and like create my golf brand. Yes. So part of my golf brand is my new golf towel that says, um, swing, swear, repeat. That is so <laughs> you. I'm sorry to say, but that is so incredibly Don't be sorry. you. Don't be sorry. It is 100% true. And after golfing last weekend, it is, it's not a front. That is 100% me on a I golf towel. absolutely love that. And in <laughs> fact, you are inspiring me because, so I've had the same set of clubs for the last year when yep. I started getting into golf and I know we've, t- like you said, we've been talking about it quite a bit. So now you're building your brand and your, and your club case and like all my the clothes. Th- I got some fresh everything. Nike dry fits. Mm-hmm. Like we mm-hmm. good. I need to like look the part. That's right. Well, I am feeling inspired by you because now that I feel like I'm outgrowing my original like starter clubs your beginners, and starter. Yeah. yeah I got to rebuild my brand. So yes. today will be a good refresher to go through like, the very preliminary basics for golf um, because I need a fresh start over here. I need a fresh start for myself and golf. It's true. So I think for our listeners, like this is really for like the beginner beginners. These, we went through and we looked at a bunch of different golf terms and we've broken them down uh, for terms that relate to scoring of golf terms that refer to the course itself that you play on. Mm -hmm. And then we're also going to talk a little bit about the terms as they relate to the clubs you use, because as much as I thought I understood golf, going out on the course and like 
understanding the vernacular and using the vernacular, I I didn't know nearly as much as I thought I did. Like, so we thought this would be a fun one. This is definitely for like your beginner beginners. Maybe you've never been on a golf course. Maybe you've only played putt-putt. Maybe you've only gone to the driving range. Right. These are some things you should know before you get out on the golf course. I probably knew 70% of these things and not all of them. And I, I wish I knew them all before I went out there. Uh, well, this will be great for our beginners. Um, now, where would you like to start in terms of our golf 101 here? Do you want to start with the scoring terms for how you actually play the game? I think let's start with the course terms, actually. I would like to okay. start with the course terms because I feel like there's just some good stuff that you should know when you're like, here you are, you drive up to your club, country club, golf court, wherever you are, you, you're out on the course, mm-hmm. you're getting ready to start, and you know where you start? You start- I, I, I do, the first hole? First hole. Well, yes, yes, the first hole. So, yeah, uh-huh, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but every hole has what they call a tee box. Mm. Seems simple, makes sense. You talk about the golf tees that you put in the ground and you tee off. Like, you've probably heard the term used a million times, but for me, I just, I wasn't used to hearing it, like, as discussed on the actual golf course. So mm-hmm. the tee box is where you tee off and... That's where the hole starts for all 18 of the holes that you're playing. And depending on your level mm-hmm. and the golf course that you're playing at, there should be multiple areas at the tee box that are closer and further away from the hole. Yes, there so are the- four tee boxes on every hole. So you have your blue tees, which are the furthest away. And those are for your pros, like true pros, like Tiger Woods status. Yep. Then there's the white, which is the second furthest from the hole. That's competition's grade tees. Then the third furthest from the hole is yellow, which is the men's tees for the most part. Yep. And then the ones that are nearest to the green um, sometimes are referred to as the ladies' tees. Yep. But they are just the closest tee boxes to the hole. Right. So they're all, they're all different lengths. You know, it, it, if you're further away, obviously it's going to be a much farther, you know, drive for you to get the, the ball onto uh, to the green towards the flag. Um, so it's based on, you know, level of difficulty, yardage, et cetera. And yeah, as Kate said, I think, I, I think a lot of courses still use the sort of men's and women's distinguishing thing there, but mm-hmm, that's not mm-hmm. all what it's about. Some courses actually, and the one that I played out last week, they base the where you should hit based on your mm-hmm. handicap. So, you know, like it depends uh, on what your handicap is. So that's yeah. an interesting thing, too. So for those that are going out there, know that there's always a tee box at the beginning of each hole. That's where you start. That's the only place you can use your golf tee. Can't use it anywhere else on the course. That's right. Only there, which for me as a player is very frustrating. I like using the tee um, to hit the ball, but that is the only place that you can do it. Do a little research before you uh, you get going, because as Kate said, each of these courses is a little bit different in which tee you should hit from. Mm-hmm. That is right. Okay, so now as we're going through a course, and I honestly would be curious, you have to tell me, because I feel like I've been around golf my whole life, so okay. I know all of these terms, but okay. I'll be curious from you, like which ones new golfers need to know. For example, um, as you're, as you're, continuing to make your way through each hole and you're hitting the ball there is something called a fairway 
which is where you want to hit the ball off of the tee and continually as you make your way towards the hole. So as you're hitting in the fairway, which is where you want it to be, versus the rough, which is like the higher grass, the fairway is the nicely trimmed and very beautiful manicured uh, lawn that you hit things down. And as you're hitting with different clubs, which we will get into in this episode, what you would like to avoid is creating something called a divot. So like a divot is when you are striking with your club on a ball (laughs) into kind of like into the ground almost to try and hit the ball and you take a chunker out. So um, (laughs) divots are no good as are um, something called a bunker, which is also on the course. And while you want to stay on the fairway and you want to avoid divots and roughs, you also want to avoid the bunker, which basically is like a tiny sandy beach. Um, sometimes can be grass, but more, moreover is like a hollow hazard that your ball can get stuck in and is one of the more difficult places to retrieve your ball and actually get it to where you want to go on the green and in the hole. That is extremely accurate. I knew most of those things. I think the the interesting thing, and I would get this confused, was, you know, the difference between the fairway and the green. I kept, every time I would hit the ball and it went on the fairway, oh. I was like, oh, oh, I'm on the green. And like, okay, no, everybody, calm, calm yourself down. Oh. You're not on the green yet, you, you idiot. <laughs> and But I view the fairway as like, you know, the, the fairway is like the path of least destruction to get to the green, to get to the hole. That's mm-hmm. like, so, you know, there's definitely, there's definitely times where you're going to be in the tee box and you can't even see the green. You don't know where the hell you're going. You That's can't right. see the flag for the hole. You can't see the green. So you really have to rely on the fairway and say, okay, self, the best thing you can do here is at least put the ball on the fairway and then you figure out how you keep going from there. Absolutely. That is exactly and fully right because ultimately where you want to end up on the course is that green you're talking about. Because once you make it down the fairway, hopefully you've avoided the rough, hopefully you've avoided the bunkers, and now you've made it to where the pin is, which is where the flag stick is, which is where you want to putt your ball, which is on the green. And the green, importantly, other than housing the flagpole and ultimately the hole, it is the only place where putting is the thing you have to do. I mean, yep. you can technically, I think you can use other clubs, but you technically a, can, you can still technically use a wedge over there, but yeah, mostly use a right. putter. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You want to putt on the green for the most part. And uh, putting the ball is a totally different small game where you have to read the green yeah. and read where the hills are, maybe where the ball will break. And breaking, meaning how the ball will curve on its path to the hole. So usually you'll see golfers when they're on the green, they squat down, they look at ground level where they think the terrain is on that actual green and where they anticipate the breaks to happen. Yes. Um, So I I find that to be one of the hardest parts of this game. I definitely think that's extremely challenging. I've seen, you know, the squat, uh, them squat down and look. And in my head, I'm like, okay, it makes sense. I know what they're looking for. I understand. However, I wasn't aware that it was called the break. And so when I was out and I was putting and it might've been my husband, I don't remember. I was like, oh, I didn't think it was going to break that way. And I'm like, break? I didn't, I didn't, huh? What do you break mean? What way? Did you break I the break, ball? I didn't, 
break anything? And he's like, uh, okay. So that was a new term for me. I understood it conceptually, but I didn't know the name for it. So mm-hmm. I think, but I think that kind of, I think that breaks down like the basics of the course. We've basically taken everyone from the tee box at the start of the hole through the course, what's on there, where to stay, what mm-hmm. to avoid. Mm-hmm. Also, we didn't use this term because it's fairly obvious. A lot of uh, courses have a water hazard. I don't need to de- define oh. that to <laughs> you. Don't hit it in the water, but you might find that, you know, adjacent to your bunkers. So we've, we've gone from the tee box, hopefully nice and cleanly, through the fairway maybe you hit a couple in the rough it happens i may or may not have actually hit the ball directly off of a tree branches break it happens it's part of it there's no term for that except you probably suck a little bit and uh and then you make your way to the green where we've you know talked about uh the break that you need to look out for and um hey if you ever put a divot in put it back put it back put it back it's sportsmanship you put it back there are people at the course that handle that but just be a good person just put it back yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> I agree with that fully. Now, now, in order to get ourselves from point A to point Z, and like I said, this we were saying this, but this is a very basic episode, so I do think it's important to talk about the clubs that you need to use in oh, order yeah. in order to get from point A in the tee box yes. to point Z in the hole. The, yes. And there is a lot of nuance to this. There is a lot of nuance to this. This was probably the thing that I had the most trouble understanding and still need to learn, you know, because as I mentioned earlier, I am getting a new set of clubs. In my head, you can get, you know, an eight set of clubs. You can get nine, 11 clubs, whatever. And I was like, wait a second. Do you really need that many clubs to play? Like in my head, you got your driver where you hit. Then you got, you know, an in-between sort of iron, and then you have your putter. No, there's many more. They're all used for something different. We're going to walk through them. But this, to me, was actually the most challenging thing for me to learn and understand because there is a little bit of a science to it. These clubs are all created in a very specific way. So I think this is really important for us to run through these different scoring clubs, as they're called. Um, Where do you want to start there? Mm, I think we start again at the at the beginning. We start at the beginning of the hole. Let's put ourselves back in the tee box here. So when you're on the tee box, nine times out of ten, for anything that is longer than a par three, and we'll mm-hmm. get into those terms, but par in a very fundamental sense, meaning that you are you have had the hole scouted by people who know this hole, mm-hmm. who are experts at this hole. And we'll tell you on a scale from three to five, par three, par four, par five, how many times you have to hit the ball. So if it's a par three, if you get it in the hole in three, that is a an accomplished score for that hole. So just to put that scoring mechanism on the board. So yeah. normally for a par three in the tee box, sometimes you don't need a wood. But for par four and par five, nine times out of 10, that means that you need something to drive the ball out far into the fairway or towards the green. And woods are what go the furthest. They are your driver clubs. They are the ones that you see that have giant heads on the bottom of them. Big, big fat heads basically Mm -hmm. is what these look like. Yes. And they are used for the longest shots in golf. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And as Kate said, this is typically what you're going to use in the tee box. 
Um, believe it or not, there are different levels of woods from your driver to a three. To, there are different ones that have a fat head that you're going to consider using depending on the uh, number of strokes that you're hoping to achieve on said hole. Um, but they're, funnily enough, they are still called woods even though in today's game, the club heads are no longer made of wood. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've, you know, kept that name. So as Kate said, that's where you're starting. Those are your big heads. That's what you're starting with. Hit the ball as far as you can, hopefully, with your woods. That is exactly right. Now, let's say that you are on your... You're on a hole where you're not really sure, necessarily, if you need a wood, right? You have two options. Mm-hmm. One of which, technically, by the books, goes further than the other, mm-hmm. uh, but not as far as your woods. So the second tier of length for a club is something called a hybrid. Mm -hmm. And it's called a hybrid because the next club to follow in terms of length, these every club basically as you club up or club down, Mm -hmm. they go a certain distance. So if you start with a your driver or a three wood, that's the furthest club that it hits the furthest. And then you go four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. As you go down that line the length of your how your club is supposed to hit gets shorter, Correct. like lengthwise shorter. And the head of the club itself decreases in size. There's a different pitch uh, or slant, if you will, for mm-hmm. each of these clubs. If you look at a driver, it's very fat, and the face where the where the club hits the ball is very flat. Um, whereas as you go down into these hybrids and, and etc., the irons, you're going to see. The, the clubs look different and it's for different level of play. Mm-hmm. It's for getting things out of the bunker if you're in there. Um, so, you know, they're, they're, all, they're all designed with a purpose in mind. Mm-hmm. That is exactly right. So let's take the step down from a wood, for example, a hybrid, which oftentimes looks a lot like a, a wood, yeah, but yeah. is just a club down. So it yes. doesn't go quite as far. I also believe that hybrids are a newer addition in the 21st yeah. century to... Like, this was not a thing that has existed for all of time. Hybrids yep. are fairly new, and they're meant to bridge the gap between your woods and also the next club that we're going to talk about, which is called an iron. Yes. Do we want to talk about irons? or Yeah. No, I think you're nailing it on the head because there are certain circumstances where you might be playing a par five hole you use your driver to, you know, get the ball from the tee, you know, as far as you possibly can, but you might still be like two or 300 yards away from the right. hole, right. you know, in which case you can't go to your irons quite yet. And, and that's maybe a situation where you'd look at using one of your hybrids because you still have a pretty fair distance to go to get to the hole. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you've got your, your woods. Your hybrids, which are usually like a two hybrid, three hybrid. I really like my four hybrid. That's one of my favorite clubs. And there's all different. There's fives. There's sevens. There's this. This is. There's a lot. There's a lot. But we'll give you the fundamental of start with your woods, then look to your hybrids, and then look to the irons. Your irons and your irons look fundamentally different. Yes. Um, we had talked about how they are called. Uh, usually the pros call them their blades. Like they have (laughs) bladed clubs and they just look, they're skinnier. They don't look like a driver or a hybrid for the most part. And they just are meant to sort of pitch your ball up. 
Yep. Usually with a bit more, well, a different type of ball flight. Yep. And comparatively, again, like they're just used in sort of tactical shots, shorter yeah. holes. You can, I honestly find my irons to be some of my favorite clubs. Mm. Like my seven iron is like my trusty seven. Yeah. And it's because you can get a little bit more tactical with it. You can yeah. aim a little bit more and it's not like you're shooting a wood or a you're hybrid off to, the You're deck. not necessarily trying to smash it as mm-hmm. far as possible. Like you said, it's a little more tactical. It's probably for a little bit of a shorter distance. It could be to help you get out of a crappy situation in the rough or the bunker. It also could be maybe there is a water hazard and you're sitting on the fairway, but you got to you gotta make sure mm-hmm. you get the ball mm-hmm. over the water. Right. You need some loft. And these these particular clubs... The, the irons allow for that loft that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which only gets punctuated. Again, we're clubbing all the way down in sequence here. The next club in that sequence after irons is something called your wedges. And your wedges, for the most part, I would say, ugh, I have self-proclaimed myself Katie Wedges because... <laughs> I am so good with a pitching wedge. It's wild. I am the same way. Every time I go with someone, every time I go with someone, they're like, how are you so good with the wedge? I'm like, I don't know. This just makes the most sense to me for some reason. I'm really good with it. I can tell you exactly why, Michelle, because we are new golfers and it is very hard to start with the top of those clubs with your woods and your hybrids because it's just harder to hit. You're yeah. hitting for power yeah. and accuracy. And Whereas, distance and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Power and accuracy, distance, exactly. Whereas wedges, you are, we we both played softball growing up. True. You have that hand-eye coordination. And so it's just easier to focus yeah. on nailing your wedge, which there are all sorts of different types of wedges. So I'm talking specifically about like, your lob wedges, your pitching wedges. I'm not really talking about sand wedge because that's like when you're in the bunker and that's like one of the harder shots in golf. Which, it's one of my favorite ones, honestly. Crazy. I somet- Sometimes I feel like I aim for the bunker because I'm actually really good at getting it out of there, which... What? Okay, well, you know, I'm still a beginner, so I'm sure that mentality will change. But so far, I have found when I get myself into the hazard, I'm pretty good at using my wedge and getting out of it so wedges are great they're just like irons they're a little bit easier when you're starting off to like get used to your irons and then hence your wedges so that makes total sense it makes total sense to me so here's just one little tidbit of what I will say here because now we've we've almost gotten you to the point of the tee off to the hole and we'll talk about once your ball's on the green there's literally only one uh club that you can can use for that but What I will say as a beginner to maybe some other beginner listeners is we're just giving you the basics of what these are and what they can be used for. The best thing that you can do is go to the driving range with all of your clubs that you're using, Mm -hmm. hit 10 balls with the driver, see how far it goes. Hit 10 balls with your hybrids, see how far it goes, see how it feels. Do the same with all your clubs and then make some mental notes to yourself for when you go out on the course. Because what I find is the game moves quicker than you think golf moves when you're on the course. Like when I watch golf on TV, I'm like, this is so goddamn boring. I don't want to sit and watch this. When I'm out on the course, it's very different because you're usually playing with other people. There might be people coming behind you. Like you got to keep shit rolling. And in between each shot, you really have to understand like, okay, 
what club am I going to next? Like, where am I on the course, et cetera, et cetera. So do yourself a favor, take your clubs, go to the driving range, hit with all of them, see how they feel, see how far they go. And I think the next time I go do this with my new clubs, I'm literally going to bring a pen and a paper and, and write it down so that the next time I go to a course, if I land on the fairway and I'm 100 yards away, I can say, oh, I know exactly which club to use here because I, I tested it on the driving range. So mm-hmm. just something I'm learning as a beginner, I think that, it, you know, you really, you have all these clubs and we can tell you what they're supposed to be used for, but it's really going to be personal preference and how the club works for you. That is exactly, exactly right. And I will say the last club that we should talk about, but is the only departure from practicing at the driving range. You can yes. use all of these clubs that that we just talked about. And I agree, Michelle, like I try to go to the driving range as much as possible to yeah. test my, my woods and my driver, my hybrids, my irons, my wedges. But the one part of the game that can change your game. And there mm-hmm. is, but one, one club you can use on the green is when you're putting with your putter. Yes. And the putter, this is where I struggle. I got to be honest with you. Oh, I can get okay. to the hole and then I will three putt a hole and just blow my score. Oh boy. Okay. So, yep. So, uh, but putting is just like, putting is a light tap for the most part into yes. the hole on <laughs> yes. the green. Sounds, sounds easier said sounds than easy, done. Sounds easy, right? Yeah. It's fucking <laughs> yes. really, really, really hard. So the putter is like, it's almost like a different type of game, but it is essential I can't say it enough like it is essential to be a good putter in order to be a good golfer if you find yourself not being a great putter I suggest go and play some mini golf because that's how I think (laughs) I actually got pretty good at putting when I get on the green I'm like oh well this is this part I know this part I get and it's just because of mini golf it's very short it it could be flat it could be wavy like we talked about you have to look at the break but it's 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 the last leg of getting that ball into the hole. So mm-hmm. if you if you want to practice, maybe go do some mini golf. Just saying. It's the only it's the only club in golf that you will use on every hole you ever play. Very good point. Very good point. In well, I will counter that and say unless you get a unless you get a hole in one. That's exactly right. That's exactly <laughs> right. So actually, speaking of hole in one. Let's talk about what the scoring looks like now that yes. we've talked through how to get to the hole. Let's talk about how you should score your play based on getting to the hole. Um, so do you you're familiar with stroke play, right? I, I'm I am familiar with stroke play. Yeah. Do, do you want to just give a quick little like breakdown of that? Because that's like that's going to inform the next five or six terms we're going to talk about here. Yeah. So. We talked about what a par is. Par is basically like what a good player is expected to make on a hole as a number between, again, either a three, a four, or a five for how many times you have to stroke the ball in order to get it into the hole. So stroke play, which I think is also called metal play. I've never heard that, but I know you were doing some research on the show, so that's new news to me and very exciting. But stroke play is just your form of cumulative counting your strokes in order to make par or any of the other scoring terms, which we'll get into um, as part of your round. Does that make sense? 
that makes total sense. Yeah, exactly. So this is every sport has their scoring. Um, this is this is golf's way of looking at it. They don't, you know, you're not really saying what's the score in golf. You're really, you know, you're more so looking at uh, the par and each. There are different games, and maybe that's another thing that we can, you know, do on another golf 101 episode. But stroke play is probably the main type of golf that is played. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Yes. All right, so you've given us a great breakdown on par. Um, until it just came out of your mouth, I did not realize that they can only be three, four, or five par. Didn't ever, I, in my head, never really thought about that. So that's the only that's the only par that can be assigned to the holes is three, four, or five. Never knew that. <laughs> New I, thing. I, unless that unless that's antiquated, but I'm almost positive it's only three, four, and five. No, I'm pretty sure you're correct. And in my head, I just never put two and two together there. So there you have that. Now, if you are on a par three and you have three strokes, aka you hit the ball three times from the tee into the hole, you've achieved par. Good for you. Par good for you. is good. You want to strive for par. That's good. Don't get mad at yourself if you get par because that's actually It's amazing. It's fantastic. (laughs) I wish I could get par ever. Okay. So now, you know, I aspire to par or (laughs) as best as I can. But people that are maybe a little bit better than me are trying to get the ball in the hole before par. Mm -hmm. Yes. And there are three ways that you can do that. Four ways, actually. Four ways. So let's go from, oh, God. Let's go from the easiest way to the, to. Uh, let's go from the fewest strokes, right? <laughs> go, yeah, okay. Okay, so you can be on usually a par three, unless you are so, so good and lucky at the same time. Um, the first thing you can do is a hole in one, which explains itself, right? And you're probably not listening to us anymore if you hit holes in one. Yeah, if you hit holes in one, then <laughs> just stop, turn the show off. But don't, don't, stay, stay to the end. Um, <laughs> The next thing that you can do is called an eagle, which is two under par. So for a par three, that would be a hole in one. For a par four, that would be two strokes. For a par five, that would be three strokes, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, Two under par on a hole. Followed by a birdie, which is one under par on a hole. So on a par three, that's two strokes, et cetera, et cetera. And then you break even at par. Then we go the opposite direction. Yes. Which I think is, is I'm very, very familiar with this direction, unfortunately. This direction, yes. This is the direction you don't want to be going, which is the opposite and and more strokes than par. So if par is your intermediary in the very middle, what you strive for, if you get one stroke over par, that's a bogey. If you get two strokes over par, that's a double bogey. And then you can continue. You can have triple bogeys. Oh, you can have you can have bogeys for days. I've had bogeys, bogeys on bogeys. You can have bogeys until the cows come home. You can have (laughs) you can have water hazards that add three strokes to your play. (laughs) Oh, actually, that's another really good point. So because this happened to me, if you hit the ball into the water hazard, so that's one stroke, right? That's my that's my shot, and it goes in the water. When you take the ball out and drop it in the drop zone, that's another stroke, folks. Mm -hmm. It doesn't just go away. It's not like, oh, I just took this out of the water and now here's my next stroke. Nope. Simply the ball getting lost in the water and you dropping it at the drop spot, 
is another stroke. Yikes. Yes. Yikes. That is that is exactly what you can go on forever with extra <laughs> yes. drops, extra bogeys. But I will say, as we're as we're nearing the end, and I'm at my two minute warning yes. with my beer because I'm just about done here. Um, I will say that once you finally get whatever ball it is in any of these scoring terms onto the green and you are putting for any of these things Mm -hmm. to try and get the ball in the hole, my favorite part of golf is an agreed-upon term that Mm -hmm. maybe you've heard of, Michelle. Have you heard of a gimme? Uh, I have, and thankfully the folks that I play with give me lots of gimmies because sometimes it's necessary. And Mm -hmm. it's sort of, in my opinion, it's like, game recognizing game like you've played this hole pretty freaking well and maybe it you didn't put it and it sunk in the hole but it was such a you played the 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 round so well you played the hole so well and you're so freaking close that your group will say that's a gimme you don't Mm -hmm. need to keep putting it we don't need to see it go in the hole that's a gimme you 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 got it Yes, and that counts as if it were a ball to go in the hole. Correct. Usually my rule is within two to four feet for a okay. gimme, okay. just based on my own gameplay. And people will often say if it's a gimme, they'll just say pick it up. It's yep. Pick it up. And yep. that's that means like you don't have to putt this again. You <laughs> have done a good job, good job. You did a good job, good job. Well, I'm glad to know that your range is two to four feet. I'm really going to practice uh, between now and uh, August when you and I uh, go out on the golf course together and really aim for that two to four foot yeah. window so I you get a lot of gimmies from you. It's mostly because I suck at putting and I'm trying to learn my five foot putt and anything shorter than that, I'm just going to take a gimme. Well, this was really fun. It was hopefully something educational for everyone listening. It was actually really helpful for me to talk through this because I'm still learning this. There are many, many, many more golf terms and things that we can talk about. And uh, at some point over the summer, Kate and I will do part two, part three of this. Who knows? We might just go golf crazy. But this should at least get you to a point where you can get your ass to a course, Mm -hmm. say the right things, use the right clubs, and hopefully at least have a decent day out on the golf course. That is exactly right. Well, this this honestly may go down in Draft Queen's history because I have had so much fun with this episode. <laughs> I hope that we have more golfing 101, 102, 201, you know, Whoa, like thinking we're just... Jericho. Yeah, we got we got episodes to do now that we've done the true 101. We need like it's a true. 102, 202, 302, 301, whatever. We need more golf episodes, but this was really fun, Michelle. And I am very excited that we can talk about golf more. And you're a golfer now. Stay tuned. Kate and I will share our uh, new club photos on the uh, on the old Instagram. Yeah, we're going golfing in August. All right. Well, anyway, that's it for this week. And we will see you all next Monday for the huddle at 8 a.m. Eastern. We're back on it. And, uh, you know, go get those go get those double eagles. Go ahead and get it. Four.